We are Spry, a group of remote digital marketers who want you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Our curiosity drives us to constant learning, and that learning leads to constant teaching. So come along with us on the Spry Space podcast, where we share what we know, learn what we don't, and do it all wherever we want. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spry Space podcast. I'm Lacey, and today I have Miss Adrian here with me. Hello. Okay, Adrian, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I had one of the most productive days of coronavirus season <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> and I feel amazing. Good. That makes me happy. I still feel a little groggy this morning, but that's okay. Another cup of coffee will fix that. No problem. Exactly. Okay, so today we are introing a topic that we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. So we're talking about building online communities. So in this first episode of this series about online communities, I wanted us to talk about what an online community really is. So can you define for us what an online community is? Yeah, I mean, simply put, it's a group of people online that are held together by a common thread or, you know, like a shared value or interest. When you told me like your definition of this held together by a common thread of shared value, I thought that was just a really beautiful illustration. And what I like about it is whenever we work with a new client, one of the first things that we try to understand about them is what their core values are, right? So a lot of businesses get those core values established very well when they're starting a company. Others kind of have to mine them out as they go. But if you want to have a successful online community, you have to have these core values that you know what they are so that you can attract the correct online community. Yeah, if you have been trying to create an online community for a long time and it's not happening, it's time for some self-reflection because sometimes what happens is you say one thing, like you say your values are something, but then you your actions are different and mm -hmm. people will pick up on that right away, either consciously or subconsciously. A lot of our decisions are made subconsciously. Sometimes we see something and, you know, you just are like, oh, I, I don't really like that brand. I don't like that. Like it doesn't jive it with doesn't, me. Yeah. And then you're not even going to give it a second thought and you're going to scroll on past. So if you've been trying to build one for a while and you're just not getting traction, maybe it's time to do some more work. One thing I've noticed and seen is if you have an online community that you've built, but maybe there's some toxicity in it, right? Maybe it's not functioning the way that you envisioned that it would function. There's probably a misunderstanding between what you say your core values are and what your audience perceives your core values to be, which creates that separation between what the purpose of the group is supposed to be and how the group is actually behaving in real life, IRL. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Okay. So if we understand what an online community is, tell me about like the forms that an online community can take. They can take many forms. I mean, kind of as many forms as technology allows. It's kind of fun to be in the 
you know, 2020 and having all these new platforms that we can play with. But basically, they can take on a few forms. The very broad one is a public social media community, a community where people can just go like your page. You know, I like REI on Facebook. And so I get all these fun, outdoorsy type pieces of content from REI. And I feel like I can ask some questions that's public facing. LinkedIn has private groups. Facebook has private groups. There's other platforms that might have private forums, but those are where, you know, either you have to request to join or be invited to join as a level of, you know, making sure that people that come in are not trolls or you know, bots or anything. And then the conversation in those is more private, like a little bit more intimate in nature too, right? Because it's not just publicly facing. It it can't be consumed by anyone. So there's a little bit more of a sense of community in that as there's just kind of some more intimacy and privacy in those kind of communication. Totally. Yeah. Communications. Yeah. 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 Private groups are really great. And we're going to go into those in detail. And then there's like a community force in different online campaigns. I mean, this could be an example is like a hashtag campaign and a very strong hashtag campaign can bring people together across different platforms. You know, you can, mm-hmm. you know, join the conversation on you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever it is. And that is a very powerful form of community. We've seen tons of examples of hashtags going across multiple social media platforms. And, you know, it's not like there is one brand or entity that necessarily starts a hashtag campaign, but it's a way for many people on many different platforms to come together and meet over a common idea or a common event that's trending. You know, one of the ones that you and I spoke about before this as we were preparing is like the Black Lives Matter hashtag campaign, you know, that has been going for a few years now and it is a movement, you know, a hashtag can, once it gains enough people who are using it and referencing it and knowing it, it can become a movement. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, definitely that actually moves people into action mm-hmm. in real life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtags are so powerful, especially with current events, current news, especially with brands. You want to be careful when you try it into a hashtag that people have. There's a lot of sensitivity around and you you know don't want to be seen as, you know, joining the community for your own gain. That's a very, very important thing to, to mention. Yeah. But yeah, no, they're amazing. Like, you know, I'm thinking about. Twitter during Arab Spring back in 2011, when there was all that news coming out of uh, Libya and you just watched the news come through. It was incredible. And hashtags, that is a great example of, of the internet being used to build a community. I kind of give hashtags a bad name sometimes because, well, maybe I don't give them the bad name, but, <laughs> but I don't like hashtags all that often, right? But I don't like them in the way that people use them to optimize their content so much, you know? Right. Because I think that there's a better way to optimize your content. But when you're using it to join a movement, Mm -hmm. when your content is really in line with whatever the movement is that you're trying to be a part of, that's an effective use of hashtags. That's how they should be used Mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, I'm just going to put hashtag summer vibes on my photo and hope to get 30 more views. Right. Some of my clients, I I try to 
get through to them that hashtagging your product, you know, we, we don't have any clients that sell shoes, but, but if we did, you know, doing hashtag high heels, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not a uh, community. <laughs> like, you know, it's not a very, it's not a specific community. Obviously I love high heels. They're great, but it's not specific. <laughs> I <enough>. don't. <laughs> Well, you're not allowed in that community. You don't want to hashtag your products. You hashtag, you know, like your values, a campaign, something that moves people, something that people are moved by. It's tricky. It is hashtags. There is definitely an art to it. And yeah, leave it at that. (laughs) Okay, beautiful. So if that's how, you know, some of the forms that communities online can take, why do we tell people to use communities anyway. I mean, this is like one of the core parts of our like mission and purpose as a organization and as a brand is building these online communities. So why? Why do we do yeah. this? Why do people do this? Well, putting on my UX cap, I have worked in user experience in my past life. Looking at it from the like user experience perspective, it's a whole lot easier to get people to do things or take action once they have entered your space, kind of a barrier to entry to get people to do anything, you know, when you build apps or build websites or whatever, is getting them there in the first place. How do we get them to download my thing? How do we get them to do a login? How do we get them to that one first barrier? Creating communities that people will naturally want to go to is a great way for them to enter your space, right? That they are feel welcomed, they will go, they will ask questions, they're ready to receive your information. An example that I, I was talking to Lacey about before was thinking about it in the real in the real world, you know, when we can go to a baseball game again, which I can't wait. <laughs> imagine, I love going, imagine the days of going imagine. to a baseball game. <laughs> Yes, this podcast is definitely made during COVID-19. But in the times of baseball games, if you were to go to a baseball game, you go there with certain expectations or certain level of community understanding. There's kind of certain clothes people wear, baseball hats, you know, jerseys. People might bring their, their mitts in case they needed to catch fly balls. People know how the scoring works. When you go to a baseball game, it's kind of assumed that you're going to kind of know what's going on. And if you don't know what's going on, the great thing is that you could probably ask somebody and they would love to share. All I can think about is the um, snacks that you expect at the stadium. You know, you're like... Yeah. Oh, that's another part of the whole experience is maybe you don't really care about baseball, but you freaking love the Cracker Jacks or the popcorn. Or the garlic fries. Exactly, exactly. You know what Um, I'm talking about. I do know you're talking about. Sorry to interrupt you with snacks. That's all I could think about and I had to get it out of my brain. You go to the baseball stadium expecting a certain kind of snacks. Right. Another great example is the community of sports bars. I love going to watch football games, NFL football games, because I can expect that when I go to a sports bar, I can eat wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know what I'm going to get, right? It's, it's Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a great example about, like, why communities are useful. An example in the digital realm is we have a client that builds and flies specialty helicopters Mm -hmm. and they have a very specific and 
engaged community. Like they have incredible engagement because when people go to their site, they know what to expect. You know, they know that people aren't going to explain them how helicopters work from, you know, very basic. They, they know kind of where they're coming in, that they know that they're people, already fans. Mm-hmm, they're already fans. They're, they're, they're building little Lego models at home of these helicopters. Yeah. So you don't have to explain to these fans, this community of 12,000, you don't have to explain to them why we built these helicopters, what kinds of things these helicopters do, because all of them already know they're building Lego models of them at their house right now. (laughs) Right. And the beauty of having very engaged, specific communities is that when you have this really awesome community, You know, when we go to, you know, run a campaign, do a photo campaign, ask questions of our audience, be like, you know what, what do you want to see? We're going to get so many answers that are super, super useful for the brand. And that's what's so awesome. If you have a, you know, disengaged community and you ask them a question and nobody answers, like, what's the point? (laughs) You know, what's Mm -hmm. the point? You know, then, then you need to do some more work. I think of it too, I've worked with a community that basically is a creative company that a couple of the products they've put out so far are board games and they run them through Kickstarter. And the community that's built there is so solid, you know, but this brand was clear from the very beginning about what their core values and their mission was, you know, they have this mission to help people think bigger you know, like that's their main core mission. They've attracted this group of people who are creatives who aren't necessarily working in the creative field right now, but love seeing these passionate works that this brand is putting out. And the brand then puts out more content about how people can be more creative in their life. And so What we see with this online community is that they're on there talking every single day about creativity and about, you know, weird science and all the things that attracted people together. But then the moment that the brand says, hey, we have a new product we're about to put out, all the comments are just shut up and take my money. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not a question whether they're going to like the product or not because they're converted to the brand already. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Oh, what a great example. It works so well. It's so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to take a little bit of a step back and put my teacher hat on for a second. Can I do that, Lacey? And kind of talk about... Yeah, you look cute in your teacher hat. Okay. Yay. (laughs) I love... I do love a good good hat. (laughs) So on the side, I do teach social media in college. And one big lesson that we kind of talk about and that I think is very important for people, everyone to kind of grasp is the difference between what we call linear and transactional communication. Historically, communication, marketing, advertising is kind of the linear form or more broadcast where you have your radio ads, you have your billboards, you have TV commercials, but basically you are broadcasting out your message and you don't know how many people see it or hear it. People can't comment back on your billboard in real time. You know, like they can't just like, I mean, unless you want to go up there and like, you know, tag the billboard, I wouldn't recommend that, but no, you know, (laughs) that's not good, (laughs) but you're just kind of putting it on blast and hopefully, and these can be useful for certain things. Like there is a time and a place I think, but 
older forms of communication. Linear is where you just blast out your message and you hope people see it, hear it, and love it. And now with the internet, we have moved to what we call transactional communication, and that's where people can talk back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You can write a social media post and somebody can write back saying, oh my gosh, I love that. I want that. Or I bought this, but can you help me use it better? You know, maybe it's questions like, oh, this, this broke, help me, Mm -hmm. you know? Like customer support. Customer support. questions. Exactly. And so, but the transactional, I said this earlier to Lacey and you were like, yay. (laughs) But conversations is where community grows. Community is not somebody just yelling at a big group of people. (laughs) It reminds me, as you're talking, I think of it like an example I often use is that social media isn't a soapbox, right? It's more of a town hall. You know, yeah. you will not grow a community of people who know, like, and trust you by standing up and just shouting the whole time, <laughs> you know, like imagine that in real life, if you went to like a networking meeting or a meetup group and there was just one person just shouting out a message and then when they were done with their message, they were pieced out. Right. Yeah. No, I get fired up about I it. I know. I know. It's good. I think about it like we have our own Sprite Space private group, which you all are invited to join. It's all about social media managers. I consider it a great week when there's more posts from our members than from us. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. You want people to to feel empowered and welcome and at home enough to talk. Is there another point in your teacher hat? <laughs> Just that we need to remember that we all want community, you know, so kind of understanding how your brand or your business or your channel, how that fulfills somebody's need to feel belonging. That's what you need to kind of target and figure out. And that's how you're going to build your community. That's why we spend so much time at the beginning with ourselves, our own brand and our clients thinking about our core values and who our target demographics are, because we have to understand how they think and feel, why they're attracted to our community in the first place, so that we can build those pieces of content that are going to inspire conversation so that community can grow. Totally. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like science. It is. You know? It is. It is. It is community science. Ah. So great. That's right. Awesome. Okay. You want to wrap it up? Sure. The main takeaways that we'd love for you to take away from this conversation is number one, what a community is. It's a group of people held together with a shared set of values. Number two, why they're important. It facilitates building a group of people that knows you, likes you, and trusts you. And then number three, community is a human need. So you just got to figure out what need you fulfill and do it. Okay. At the end of a Spryspace podcast episode, I always like to ask about where you've been working lately since we're a totally remote workforce here at Spry. Is there anywhere interesting in our quarantine time that you've been working? Yeah, I like to move out to my front stoop from time to time. It's nice and sunny. I got some plants planted and it's very just calm and soothing (laughs) and my wi-fi goes out there so that's pretty cool my dog sits with me and we we she's like the neighborhood watch the kids go by on their bicycles because there's no school right now it's great calming you and your dog right there on the stoop yeah that's what we do i work she she monitors (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Okay. You have one more thing? I was going to say on our next podcast. Oh, yes. We're going to talk about tools that you can use to build a community. We're going to be talking about community for a while now. So buckle up. That's right. Get get ready to grow your community. Just buckle it right up. <laughs> yep. Buckle up. You know, this whole month we're going to be talking about community and how and ways you can grow it. Okay. So if you enjoyed this conversation and you want to talk more with us, where can you find us, Adrian? At thingsspry.com and at thingsspry on all social media. Perfect. And we mentioned spry space as well. So this podcast is an example of linear communication. <laughs> If you would like to be involved in more transactional communication, you can join us on our Facebook group, Spryspace, right? Totally. Did yeah. I learn the lesson properly, Adrian? Yeah, totally. We're just blasting, blasting our message. All right. We appreciate you all so much. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for hanging out with Adrian and I today. Keep learning, okay? Yay. We will talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs>